welcome to the preaching ministry podcast of Mount Pisgah Baptist Church in Easley, South Carolina. Our goal is to exalt the Savior, evangelize the sinner, and encourage the saint through faithful exposition of God's Word. If you got your Bible, I want you to grab your Bible and your listening ears and put your fast listening ears on as we walk this morning through an overview, really, of the first chapter of the book of Colossians. Next week, I will begin a series out of the book of Colossians entitled, Our Sufficient and Supreme Savior. But this morning, I'm going to do something that I don't normally do. This morning will be a little bit more topical. Next week, I will dive into chapter one, verse one, and we'll dive verse by verse, chapter by chapter through the book of Colossians over the next 12 weeks or so. I want to preach a message that really just kind of reviews where we are as a church and share a little bit about where I believe God may be having us go in the days ahead. Without a doubt, we can lift our voices and say, as a part of Mount Pisgah Baptist Church, that God has been good to us. We'll review some of those ways that those things are tangible in measures that we look at on a regular basis, but you've heard us talk about over and over and over that we are loving, we are growing, we are serving, and we are going. And it's that mission, loving, growing, serving, going, that I want us to consider for just a few moments this morning. In Paul's letter to the Colossians, he really kind of lays out in chapter one, loving, growing, serving, going. I shared with our staff last month that really Paul had the vision statement and the mission statement of loving, growing, serving, going even before we did. And he maps it out here in Colossians chapter one. He doesn't use the exact same words, but I do believe he gives us that same message. And Paul writes to the church at Colossae for many different reasons. One, to be an encouragement to them. One, to express his prayerful interest in their spiritual development. To correct some doctrinal error that was beginning to creep into Colossae. He needed to take care of that. We'll talk about that in the coming weeks. And he wanted to set forth a truth that I think every church needs to make it a priority to review this on a regular basis. And the truth that he sets forth is this. Jesus Christ is preeminent. There's no one more important than Jesus Christ. And if he is not preeminent, we might as well shut the doors and go on to the house. The man that stands in the pulpit is not preeminent in this place. Nobody that sits in the pews are preeminent in this place. There is only one who is worthy of our worship. There's only one who is worthy of our praise. There's only one who has died, rose again, ascended to the right hand of the Father and is coming back again. His name's Jesus. He's the head of the body. And he's in charge in this place, amen? And so we thank God that he is preeminent and Paul wanted to establish that. So if you'll stand with me, we'll read a first, the first few verses of Colossians chapter one. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel which has come unto you, as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it does also in you, since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. And you also learned of Epaphras, your dear fellow servant, who is, your, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. Now flip over and look at verse 18. And he, that's Christ Jesus, is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Heavenly Father, Speak now through your word is our prayer, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. And you may be seated. I want to establish a truth that is found in verse 18 that if we don't nail that down, we've completely missed it. And all the great truths that Paul lays out in chapter one, and there are some phenomenal truths that we'll get to all through the book of Colossians, but especially in chapter one, there's some great truths that Paul shares. But one of the things that I want us to understand this morning is that Jesus Christ must be and must remain the only preeminent one in this place if God is going to continue to pour his blessings out on this church. If we believe at any moment that we have arrived, if we believe at any moment that God's been good to us because of what we have done, if we believe at any moment that, that it's somehow we have achieved the sovereign hand of God's goodness, we will have missed the mark. There is one who is preeminent and his name is Jesus. And throughout the scriptures, there's many metaphors to describe the church. The church is described as a bride. The church is described as a building. But here in Colossians 1, Paul describes the church as a body. And he says, Christ is the head of the church. He's not talking about Christ being the CEO of an organization. He's talking about Christ as the head of an organism because the church is something that is alive. And in all things, he must have the preeminence. Here at our church, we're set up this way. God's the head, we're pastor led, and we're congregationally ruled. That's just the way it has worked here. And if Jesus continues to be preeminent, we will continue to see him do wonderful, wonderful things. So if we're ever going to fully accomplish our mission of loving, growing, serving, and going, we must first understand that we must always keep it about Jesus. He must be preeminent. So if we're truly going to love, grow, serve, and go, we always have to point back to the one who is preeminent as to why we do what we do. So number one, if you're taking notes, we are loving. We're loving. We've said that for many years. We're loving Christ and we are loving each other. The Colossian church had folks that loved one another. Notice what Paul says about them in verse three. He says, we give thanks to God, our father, the Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have to all Saints, there's a couple of things I want you to see about this. Number one, notice the sequence of love. 
the sequence of love. Paul says, we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all saints. It was their faith in Christ that allowed them to love one another properly. First came faith and then came love. So that's the sequence. But notice with me when Paul speaks of their faith, he speaks of the object of their faith. MacArthur says that any definition of faith is incomplete without consideration of its object. He says, we've heard of your faith. Where? Where was their faith? It was in Christ Jesus. So here's the deal. They were saved by God's grace. These folks had called on Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior of their life. They had repented of their sins and put their faith and trust in him. And here's the bottom line. Before we can love each other the way that Christ has commanded us to love each other, we must first have placed our faith in Jesus Christ. Thank God for the sweet unity he has given to our fellowship. I've heard endless testimonies, and I never get tired of them, of people that have visited for the first time. And they say, you know what? There's just something different. I felt loved when I walked in the door. Somebody shook my hand. Somebody acknowledged who I was. Somebody helped me find a seat. So, so, so I hear that frequently that, that we are a people that is loving. And thank God for that, that he has given to us. But do you remember what Jesus told the disciples in John 13, verse 35? He says, by this, by this, shall all men know that you're my disciples. If you what? Have what? Love one for towards another. You see, we'll never love each other the right way until we have first been saved by God's grace. See, you can't, you can't, you can't properly love the way you've been commanded to love the brethren if you've not been saved. As a matter of fact, that's one of the tests over in 1 John. One of the tests of whether or not you've even been saved is, you, is if you have love for the brethren. So the sequence is faith and then love. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you saw people in the altar, you're wondering, what in the world, who are they talking to? Man, they're talking to the one that saved their soul. The one who is the author and the finisher of their faith. They are talking to the one who is a very present help in a time of trouble. And I'd say this to you, if you're unsaved here this morning, you're in trouble. You're headed for a crisis eternity that is the greatest trouble you'll ever find yourself in. And if you'll repent of your sins, put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you can then love properly. So the sequence of love, but then notice with me the saturation of love. Notice what he says in verse four. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to who? All the saints. The love that they had one for another was well known. But what did Paul said? Paul said, we heard about it. Now, let me ask you a question. We all just regular old folks in Piedmont today. We all probably have heard some things about some churches where they weren't loving each other the right way. I can take you back to a time in our own history when we wasn't loving each other the right way. 
You say, when was that, Pastor? Well, <laughs> wasn't that long ago. We, 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 we had agendas. We got, fo folks had their own agendas. And when you get your own agenda and you're going to, in a direction that, uh, that the church ain't going, you headed for trouble. And then guess what that does? It spills over into the community. And then when that spills over into community, we're not loving each other the way we're supposed to be loving each other. And everybody hears about all the fighting going on down at the church. Now, don't look at me spiritual. Y'all know we, we, we've seen that happen over and that's why we got so many churches in the Southeast, right? Because we, we used to split and then we'd call that church planting. So we'd split and go start another church and we'd call this church unity, unity Baptist. Or we'd split and go, go plant a church and we'd call it Emmanuel because God's with us, right? <laughs> Some of y'all got that. Amen. Right? <laughs> Paul said, I have heard how y'all love each other. And as your pastor this morning, I want to commend you and encourage you to continue to love one another. It's one of the greatest testimonies that the church can have that will help us make a difference when we go out into the community and share the love of Jesus. If we're loving each other the way we're supposed to love each other, then it spills over into the community. But it starts first. We got to have the sequence right. The sequence is faith and then love. And they loved all the saints. You say, Pastor, I don't know if I can love all of them. Well, you don't have to like all of them, but you got to love all of them, amen? <laughs> you see, Jesus is love. And he demonstrated that love. And he demonstrated it by going to the cross for you and for me. We can demonstrate that love today as well. You say, Pastor, how can we demonstrate love? Well, right here in your own church. You, 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 can, you can love on those little youngins. You can love on the bridge ministry by praying for those folks. You can, you can love on our children's ministry. You can love on our youth ministry, our prime timers. You can find a way. What's the greatest way for you to demonstrate that you love them? Is to pray for them. And then get involved with them. There's so much that God is doing. And, and you can jump in and start loving on these folks. For by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. So we're loving. Secondly, we're growing. We're growing. Paul tells the Colossians that they have received the word, and now because they have received the word, they must go and reach the world. And we've talked about growing in our relationship with Christ. We've talked about there's so many ways here for you to do that. You can, you can grow in the word here at Pisgah. They received the word. Now, how is it here that you can receive the word? Well, you can get involved in a grow group. As soon as we finish this morning, as soon as I finish praying, there'll be some grow groups that'll be meeting. Many of you will go to a grow group. Some of you have never been to a grow group, but today needs to be the first day you go to a grow group. Because it's one of the ways you can grow in Knowledge of the Word of God is getting in a small group setting, opening the Word of God, and 
being taught and discussing what the word of God teaches. You can be consistent in your attendance here. Some of you may not know, but we meet on Sunday nights. We meet on Wednesday nights. There's a prime timer Bible study coming up Tuesday morning. If you're available, man, come out. You can, you can be blessed as we open the word of God and share with you about encounters with Jesus. There's men's Bible studies, women's Bible studies, so many ways for you to grow as a disciple. But let me say this. The first job of you growing or the first responsibility of you growing as a disciple ain't on us. Let me go so far as to say this. The first responsibility for your children growing as a disciple ain't on us. Let me try one more time. <laughs> it's a personal responsibility. But we've provided many avenues for you to grow as a disciple in Jesus Christ. And so that's our desire for you. Because as you grow as a disciple in Jesus Christ, disciples make disciples and the gospel goes forth. Paul said to them, the, the, the gospel message has come to you. They had received the word and then they were to reach the world. I know that reaching the world can go under loving, growing, serving, and going because the gospel's for everyone. And God's allowed us to reach many folks here in our community with the gospel. He's allowed our church to experience some significant growth. In 2023... We averaged on Sunday morning 1,725 people on average. In the last quarter, it was more than that. But for the entirety of 2023, we averaged 1,725, 78 salvations that we are definitively aware of, 129 baptisms, and added 221 new members to this precious fellowship. And we say to God be the glory, great things he has Done And so, so, so we're growing. That growing also includes a new facility. It includes a brand new building that will increase our space to have fellowship opportunities. It will obviously be specifically and primarily for our children because we believe this next generation needs to hear the gospel and the truth of the gospel in a greater way than any generation before and just as much as every generation before. And we're praying that God's gonna allow us to, to raise up the next great evangelist that will go across the world sharing the good news of the gospel. And you have invested in some eternal things by investing in a tool, which is a building for us to then go and share the good news of Jesus Christ. And so we, we're growing. We continue to see growth. And in 2024, it may be that we come to a point where we have to do something we've never done before. Because to get what you've never gotten, you have to do what you've never done sometimes. Our 9 o'clock service and our 1030 service are more than 80% at capacity. Our parking, I, I, 
I always hesitate to bring that up because I know it just incites something inside of some of you because y'all can't pull out of here without getting your blood pressure getting up. Amen. Just pray and thank God that you got a traffic jam. My brother goes to Southern Oaks every Sunday afternoon and he comes right down through here and he says, would you get out a little bit sooner? My goodness, you got traffic. Oh, I, I say, man, you have to get over it, people. <laughs> That's just for him. <laughs> he'll watch. He'll call me. He'll watch. But we're at more than 80% capacity at both of our services. So we're having some discussions now of what is that next step? What does that look like? Somebody said, well, preacher, we're going to build another building. I don't think so. <laughs> Unless you got $20 million you'd like to give this afternoon. But is it additional services? We are praying through now. What does that look like? Because we've received the word. Now it's incumbent upon us to go reach the world. And that may mean we do things we've never done before. You say, Pastor, what does that look like? I'm not sure yet. But we'll figure it out as we go and we'll faith it out as we go. We're loving, we're growing, we're serving. Paul in verse 6 refers to Epaphras, who is the pastor there at Colossae. He calls him a fellow servant. And we'll get into what that term means in just a couple of weeks, but rest assured the church at Colossae had a pastor that felt led to serve right there. And I just want to take a moment this morning and say to you that God has put a love in my heart for this church. The Lord has instilled in Stacy and I that this is right where we're supposed to be. And I want to co-labor with you in this field where God has put us until Jesus comes. And I want us to see the opportunities and seize the opportunities that Jesus has for us and ahead of us until he comes. Because when he comes, you say, Pastor, when's he coming? I don't know, but I believe it's going to be in my lifetime. It might be this evening. So you better be back six o'clock. Be a good place to go to heaven from right here. Amen. Epaphras was a faithful minister, Paul said, and that is my desire for this place, is that I'd be a faithful minister of the gospel as we serve together in the field where God has put us. Paul speaks about serving. And if God's planted you here at Mount Pisgah, there are opportunities for you to serve here as well. You can love here, you can grow here, you can serve here. You say, Pastor, where can I serve? Are you kidding me? Children, safety, youth, summer camps, D now, fall festival, explosion, parking lot greeters, door greeters, ushers, music, audio, video, cameras, grow group leaders. There's, there's an endless opportunity. If, if, if God has brought you here, there's something you can do inside this fellowship to serve him inside the local church. You say, Pastor, I'd love to serve. What do I do? Well, as soon as we finish service, you stop by that next steps table out there, grab a serve card, fill it out. Now, if, if you're gifted at music and you're terrible with children, don't put down you want to be in the nursery. Put down choir. If you're good with children, you just don't enjoy it, but you're good at it, then put down, I'll serve with the children. <laughs> 
Psalm 100 and verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. And in Mark 10 verse 45, he said, for the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. We're loving, we're growing, we're serving, and we're going. In verse 28, Paul talks about we're preaching and we're warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. As we go, we must warn them. Jesus is coming. So we've been commanded to go tell the world. We warn them of the coming judgment. We've been commanded to go and make disciples in the Great Commission there at the last part of Matthew. And so we must warn them and we must win them and present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. There are folks from this church that have gone all over the world to tell the good news of the gospel. And it's our job, it's incumbent upon us not only to warn them, but to win the lost. Here at Mount Pisgah, we've got, we've got an Acts 1-8 mission model. We want to reach our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and the uttermost. We can reach here in our own community, our Jerusalem, by being on mission daily. This past year, we sent more people on short-term mission trips than we ever have before. We sent teams to, to Tennessee, to South Dakota, to Mexico, to Guyana, to Romania, and to Southeast Asia. And we are reaching the world from 101 Pisgah Road. We've got trips coming up this year that you can be a part of. There's a trip to Salt Lake City for our youth. Our youth are going to, Mexico, or to Puerto Rico. We're going back to Tennessee. We're going back to South Dakota. We're going back to Mexico. There's opportunities for you to get in and go on a short-term mission trip. And I'd encourage you to go ahead and determine today, I'm going to find one of those trips and I'm going to go. Why? Because I'm part of a church that's loving, growing, serving, and going. But faith came before love. They experienced grace before they grew. They were saved before they started serving. And they were godly as they were going. So here's my question. Have you been saved by God's amazing grace? Do you have a love for the brethren? Do you have a love for your brothers and sisters in Christ that is God-generated? John talks all about that. By this, we know we've passed from death unto life if we love the brethren. Faith, then love. If you've never been saved by God's amazing grace, in just a moment, we're gonna stand to our feet. I'm gonna invite you to just come. Put your hand in mine. Pastor Hayden's, Pastor Phil will be here. Just put your hand in mine in one of theirs and say, I need to be saved. I don't know where my eternity lies. We would love to take the word of God and show you how you can leave today knowing heaven is your home. It could be that on the first Sunday of 2024, you're a member of this church. You want to find a spot in an altar and pray that God would allow us to stay in sweet unity, one with another, 
that we would love each other the way we're supposed to love each other, that we would grow the way God wants us to grow, that we would serve the way God wants us to serve, and we would go the way God wants us to go. This is your church. This isn't Pastor Chad's church. It's your church. It's God's church. And so maybe you want to find a spot on an altar and pray God would use us in the days ahead for our good and His glory. As we stand to our feet, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Word of God. And I pray, God, you've challenged us today to be on mission for you. Lord, I pray now you would move during this invitation. If there are folks lost, I pray, God, you'd save them. May they, may they respond. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the preaching ministry podcast of Mount Pisgah Baptist Church. If you'd like additional information, please visit mtpisgah.cc.